Hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, Melrose Sheltering in Place, episode uh, six. (laughs) Because uh, (laughs) y'all won't know this, but we just recorded about, I don't know, three minutes of content before Christopher realized that he was muted. So I'm Nan. And I'm Christopher. And I bet a lot of people wish I was muted all the time, but. (laughs) unfortunately that's not the case um so yes we're here to talk about uh melrose place which is a show that we started watching because we were sheltering in place during a global pandemic um covid19 in case you haven't heard the show before um and you know things have gotten pretty interesting in the last couple of weeks um we didn't get a chance to explain during episode five that episode five was delayed because of protesting um, due to the murder by police officers of George Floyd. But um, we released it the day before we are recording this one. And so now we're back, um, you know, but anything could happen these days. Who knows? There could be more huge protests. Um, We've never been on a set schedule anyway, so um, you'll hear this when you hear hear it, and we'll record them when we record them. But, you know, a lot of important things are going on, um, probably mainly due to the pandemic. Um, I think that people were more in a position to protest because of months of sheltering in place and not having much to do other than see things online that outrage them. And, you know suffer the consequences of things like government inaction and things like that. Um, so that's that's one way yeah. to jump into the show. <laughs> yeah, and so um, what I was saying before we realized that Christopher was muted <laughs> and uh, I was talking for no reason is that, um, and I'll just keep it brief, but we, yeah, we, um, we delayed releasing episode five in part because last week um, was spent taking part in actions and in case you were wondering melrose sheltering in place is firmly in solidarity with the movement to defund police absolutely and um you know police abolition so if you want to know more about that this is not the place to learn about it (laughs) highly encourage you to hop on the internet and um you know a good place to start is the website for critical resistance um any of the writings by angela davis these are some good places. You can read The End of Police by Alex Vitale, B-I-T-A-L-E. I believe that Verso Books is still offering it for free in a PDF at this point. So cool. there's lots of good resources. Check them out. Defund Police, you know, fuck 12. So if you, if you're, uh, without further ado. Oh, actually, um, I just wanted to talk about donations because people should be donating money. Um, oh, right, yeah. Um, I had a really hard time deciding um because there are so many options, right? Um, so this time around, is there's a concept that I haven't really seen before, which is um, fund splitting, where people are joining up to um, collect funds together and then split them across the various funds. Um, so this week I'm um, gathering a donation for the George Floyd Justice Fund, uh, specifically a bail fund over at Act Blue. Um, the money that I raise and donate after the 19th will be um, split among about 73 uh, different bail funds right now because a lot of people are being unjustly um, arrested during protests. So they definitely need all the help they can get. Totally. Yeah. And if you're if you're totally not sure who to give money to, a bail fund, pretty good choice. 
Um, and it can be your local bail fund. Uh, I'm a big fan of giving money locally. And um, so, yeah, perfect. Thank you, Christopher, for mentioning of course. the need to give money to our bail funds. Um, okay, so this is episode six. <laughs> Did you catch the title? What's the title of this episode? It's called Second Chance. Um, it could be, it should be called Snooze Fest, <laughs> so we'll just put that out there yep. <laughs> in case you were spoiler alert. This episode, like many of the episodes before it, is somehow not terribly exciting, even though they tried really hard, I feel like, to give us at least one storyline that was going to be juicy, and it, they somehow still just managed to just not, it's just not, it's not. Um, one thing that I'll get out of the way right away is that I'm grateful that one um, story that was not addressed was Jane. <laughs> yeah, so last episode, Jane got pregnant, and I really thought, because the still that Hulu chose for the, you know, when you can see the um, next episode, there'll be a little still from the episode to be the visual yeah. and it was jane and michael look like sitting in their apartment and so i thought oh god we're gonna get treated to a whole nother episode of them talking ad nauseum about their future with this baby but luckily we got pretty much almost zero jane and michael they were only in the scenes where everybody was there and it was one big party yeah um, whoever chose that little um image is bad at their job <laughs> It should have been an image of... Um, I mean, let's face it. Oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Uh, no, you go ahead. Okay, I, I just think that maybe it should have been an image of um, Rhonda on stage or, you know, her and another character that we'll meet pretty soon, maybe dancing together in a studio. I don't know. I, this was really a Rhonda episode. It really was a Rhonda episode. I will say, if I was the Hulu picture picker, I mean, that person probably does not get paid enough to really give much of a shit, so we'll let it slide, yeah. I think. They probably but, just roll um, dice and then go to whatever number the dice say on the little timeline in the app. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a very Rhonda um, episode. Which is nice. Um, I'm glad we got to spend some time with Rhonda and get to know her a little bit better. Um but yeah, the other storyline is just not, I don't know, like, I, I don't know. Anyway, everybody seems very nice on this show. And, you know, I, I keep wondering, too, and we'll get into the episode, but I keep wondering if I didn't, if I was watching the show and I wasn't trying to take notes for a podcast where I have to talk about the show, would I find it so boring? Because... <laughs> It's not like the stuff that happened in this episode, if I was just watching it and I was watching it just to relax and just to like turn my brain off for a while, I think it would work perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But it's because I'm supposed to also be saying like interesting things about this show that I recognize that it is just not, there's not really much there. Yeah. Um, we probably set our expectations inappropriately because we are planning on talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think this is a show that we would talk about at a water cooler, for example. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's not, there's not really twists and turns, right? Like, that's kind of the issue, I think. Yeah. Uh, so why don't we jump into it? The very first scene is one that makes no sense to me at all. Um, all eight of them are gathered around a very small table playing poker, which is an odd choice for, um, you know, a, 
an activity for a bunch of people who are completely broke. Um, like you could play a game where you're not spending money and losing it. Um, but they are, uh, <laughs> and right away, uh, Rhonda is not doing well. Um, so she busts out some, uh, dance show tickets that she has. And I think she was wearing a purse that's attached around the front of her waist. Um, but, and she takes it out of there and nobody wants them. They're like, no, you can't play that, but they let her. Um, and, uh, uh, let's see. Allison bluffs and takes the pot and doesn't want the tickets, right? Right. She gives them back to Rhonda. Yeah. Um, and so now Rhonda's still got the tickets. Yeah. And um, the end of the the round, um, nobody else, everybody else folded, and so Allison wins, and she doesn't even want to show her cards. And uh, Jake says, okay, Allison, I showed you mine. Now you show me yours. And just remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, remember that. And then there's this awkward, like, so every, you know, Allison bluffs. And everyone says that they didn't really peg Allison for a bluffer. And somehow that leads into a story about how, in college, she was a crammer. Yeah. Like, she always did really well in class, but she always studied just the night before because she had this theory about how information gets stored better in your short-term memory. And it felt like a really awkward segue and completely random, and it's basically foreshadowing. Yeah, they, but they basically it, needed a way for her to explain for everybody that she could be a good resource if somebody needs to study. yes exactly because adults totally do that (laughs) yes absolutely um it was a very random anecdote that i didn't i still don't really understand what it has to do with bluffing but okay Uh, here we are yeah so um it's the next morning and Rhonda talks matt into going to the show and he is super not interested he's like you should take somebody who gives a fuck about dance you know i don't care about that go with somebody else. And I kind of want to be like, she doesn't have any other friends. Like she, this is a one, one glaring hole. And this was like, I feel bad for Rhonda because doesn't she have any friends outside of Melrose place? Maybe some who are black. <laughs> like, like she needs more people in her life. But, um, she explains that, um, the lead dancer, or she doesn't say that she's lead, but somebody in the dance company is, um, a friend of hers named Teresa and that's actually why Rhonda is going to go because Teresa hooked her up with the tickets and she doesn't say specifically why, but she says she needs Matt there like for emotional support. Yeah. It's like, again, with the weird foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get the sense here that there's going to be something more to this than what, you know, surface level that we're seeing right now. Yeah. And then Jake comes to see Allison because he has a proposition for her. Yeah, I bet he does. Um. This is so awkwardly weird. Like, he he comes by her apartment, you know, I guess it's before she's heading to work or whatever, and says, can you come by my apartment tonight? I've got a proposition for you. And, of course, this is the thing. Like, there's always that question of, if I can't talk to the person right now, how do I say I need to talk to you without 
like freaking them out or causing them to wonder all day what is going on, right? Yeah, I mean, seriously. Allison probably has no reason to think Jake's mad at her, but like, I would, I would be so irritated. I'd be like, I have to go all day, yeah. not knowing what this big important thing is that you have to talk to me about. Um, yeah, I'd be like, just tell me yeah. now, or the answer is no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It kind of builds it up to be this huge thing. So he's like, can you come over tonight? I have a proposition for you. And so, and you know, she tries to get it out of him, uh, I think, a little bit. But there you have it. And she, She's going to go by there later. And the best thing is, she says that she'll be done with work at 7, which makes no sense because she's the receptionist. And receptionists <laughs> are done at exactly 5 o'clock. That's when they switch the phone system over to voicemail. 5 o'clock. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Again, it's... I don't know. Is that maybe, though... No, wait. That would not make any sense. Wait, would it? I was kind of wondering if that was, like, a West Coast thing, but that would actually mean stopping work earlier if you were trying yeah. to match up with, like, New York time or something. Yeah, she would have to go to work earlier rather than... Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's dumb. I don't know. Maybe they're having CPR training for receptionists. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, um, over at the, the dance recital, or I guess it's a, is this still called a recital when there's tickets? I don't know how that works, but. No, it's a, it's like a performance because <laughs> yeah. the recital is like, oh, you're in a dance class. You, you're a kid, yeah. you're in a dance class. And then at the end of it, your parents come because they have to, to see you dance. And they'll videotape and to, it. Like, show them what you've been learning. <laughs> yeah. That's what the recital is. Right. So um, it, they're watching the show and Matt is getting super into it. I think it's because the guys aren't wearing shirts. Um, but but he says like, he's like, wow, they're, they're amazing. And who's your friend? And she explains that that lead dancer is Teresa. And then she makes sure to say that she taught Teresa everything she knows. Um, which is interesting because I think they might have said it was five years ago that they last saw each other. So one could assume that Teresa has learned some more dancing since then. But um, Rhonda clearly has um, a thing here that she's she's got on her mind. Um, and uh, of course, because they switch back and forth between scenes a lot, um, uh, we go over to see Allison and Jake um, and Jake has to give a long story about why they are there. And he's, he explains <laughs> go, <laughs> like, Oh, I was going to say on the last scene yeah. um, when they're at the recital, when they're at the concert and, and Matt and Rhonda are talking, she refers to it as modern dance. And what they're doing is not, modern dance it's more like almost like ballet moves set to like what makes modern dance modern dance isn't just that it's not to classical music right or that it's like in as Rhonda says to rock and roll mm -hmm. like it's a very specific way of being and moving in your body and um what they're doing is more like ballet moves set to rock music or like what somebody might call jazz dancing or, um, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more. It's not, it's not. Anyway, small point, who cares? But <laughs> it's not modern dance. Yeah, when, when I hear modern dance, I think of like, you know, people picking up the other dancers and the dancers like swing around them in really unexpected ways that are very, you know, artsy and intimate and, you know, they do things that are mildly disturbing and, you know, it's not just you know 
wearing a different kind of outfit and listening to different music. Good. Right. Like they're even pointing their toes and stuff like that, which again, you might do some of that in modern, but it's a different, it's like a really different way of moving your body. Um, so yeah, I just was, it just stood out to me, but it's also Melrose place. So whatever. Have I ever seen like an old picture of you in a dance thing? Have you ever done that? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Um, it's possible. I was on drill team in high school. And so I, um, which is essentially, you know, there's the drill seat. There's the part where you dance on the field and you do more like kick routines and somewhat marching, but drill team is also like a dance team. So I did do dance in high school and then I took, um, I actually took ballet and modern in college. So I came to dance kind of late. But I did do that, those things. Well, feel absolutely free to send me those kinds of pictures for graphics for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Okay, so back at Melrose Place, um, Jake goes on a big um, expositional tear to explain that his mom used to date a lazy drunk named Hank. And, um, you know... It was a trailer and Jake and Hank didn't like each other and it was close quarters. And so Jake decided to move out pretty young. And what was really heartbreaking for him was that uh, when he left, his mom actually looked relieved. Um, So he set off and he worked in a lumber mill and he never finished high school. And now he's going to take the GED on Monday. So when he heard that Allison was the cram queen, he was like, that's it. She will help me this weekend with cramming for this test. Um, you know, because he definitely could not have asked about things sooner and gotten a study plan in. He just definitely waited till the last minute for this, but I'm glad that he happened to find out that Allison is a cram queen. I mean, I'm a procrastinator, so <laughs> I can't hate on Jake for waiting until the very last minute to study for his GED. I mean, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, now, I've never seen a GED, but isn't like anything that you might have learned in high school fair game on that test? So there could be, you know, history and geometry and algebra and all kinds of stuff. I mean, I think that's right because they, I mean, we see over the course of the episode that they do study algebra and they do study history. Mm. Those two stand out to me as I remember them specifically touching on it yeah. in the in the prep yeah, a lot of state capitals for some reason. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> that matters. Like, you can't just look stuff up when you're an adult and you have reference materials. But anyway, um, so uh, back at the show, it, the show is done, and Rhonda is actually kind of nervous, and she wants to leave, but Matt wants to meet Teresa. So they go backstage uh, to the dressing room, and... Um, a security guard shows them in and you know uh introductions all around and then um (laughs) Rhonda has to take credit for um you know turning Matt on to dance which he loves now and he said he loved it but she says well to a point like he, he she has to diminish this praise for some reason she she's really mad about Teresa yeah, and like, okay, so obviously we've gotten a little foreshadowing that something is 
is up here, right? Because there was that whole, when they were sitting in the audience, Matt was like, why are you keeping her a secret from yeah. us? <laughs> and it's like, duh, duh, duh. Like, we know that something dramatic is about to happen um, over the course of this episode. But in this specific scene, did you ever at any point get the sense that there was going to be some weird sexual tension between Matt and Teresa? Like, yeah, a little bit. I thought they were kind of setting us up for that because Matt was like, I got to tell you, I came here against you know in pro i didn't want to come but now i'm like a huge fan and then Rhonda, when um teresa says you want to get some food or whatever Rhonda says oh matt needs to go you know home or whatever and matt goes no i don't know i want to go to dinner you know i don't know like i had this moment where i was i was thinking that they might be setting us up for some weird um sexual tension arc between matt and teresa because that would have been awesome because we know from earlier episodes <laughs> that um, uh, Rhonda wants nothing more in the world than to just have Matt be her boyfriend or husband, but it's never going to work out because she's an innie and he likes Audis. But if, mm-hmm. if, uh, if he met her arch enemy and then was all of a sudden like, you know, that would be great. That would have made for an amazing episode, but no. sadly that does not pan out we do not get our sexual tension arc here damn it um but they do go to shooters to to catch up and talk um so let's see Rhonda mentions that she paved the way for Teresa's career to flourish um and now she doesn't even want to audition and Matt's like, are you kidding me? You've been offered an audition to be in this troupe? Like, I had no idea. Um, and Rhonda says that she, that wouldn't be the first time. She had that audition five years ago, and she broke her foot, and Teresa got her spot. So, um, you know, already right now, we can all see that she should definitely audition, and Matt sees that as well. Um, but so far Rhonda is acting completely uninterested. She just wants to talk about how great of a dancer she could be, but she's not interested in showing us that. Right. And she's definitely, there's clearly sort of this tension, this like competition building, right. Between her and Teresa, as much as they're acting like, sort of supportive BFFs, or at least Teresa's acting like she's being supportive of Rhonda. Rhonda is kind of, I don't know, being a little bit um, rude yeah. in that she just wants to continually remind Teresa that if she hadn't broken her foot, then she would have gotten that spot yeah. in the dance troupe. Yeah, Rhonda's being kind of shitty. <laughs> um, so we see uh, a flash of Jake and Allison doing geometry, but it goes right back to uh, Matt and Rhonda getting back to Melrose Place. And that's when he really lays into her, like, you absolutely have to audition. I can't believe that this is even a discussion. And she says that she is better than Teresa, but she doesn't have anything to prove. That's why she's not going to (laughs) audition. Right. And you definitely get the sense that there's, like, something more to that, like, underneath it. Um, and, and Matt is like doing the whole, like, follow your dreams thing. And I think I, I made a note, uh, that about something that Rhonda says, I can't remember exactly what Matt says, but I think it was something along the lines of like, you know, uh, this is, you know, like 
sort of like this is the universe giving you your chance right mm-hmm. to like follow your dreams and she says that's some mystical nonsense and i was like i just wrote that down because i was like i really relate <laughs> to, yeah. to Rhonda, sort of <laughs> being a little bit Rhonda's clearly being a little bit sort of cynical about this whole audition situation yeah right for sure um um and then the only thing else that i wrote down about this scene is um when she was halfway up the stairs and turned to talk to him i noticed that she was standing in front of a window that has bars on it and i didn't i haven't noticed bars on any other windows at melrose place so now i'm going to be searching for that window every time anybody goes anywhere near the stairs from now on (laughs) dumb little details um so anyway it's the next morning and I don't know why people do this, but Billy knocks on the Mancini's door because Allison never came home. Like this is episode one all over again. Um, I obviously um, Dr. Michael and Jane need to set up some boundaries with people. Like what are they going to do? They, they don't know where she is. Like, does he think that she was having a three way with them? Um, I don't know, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it, like prior, if I if my friend was missing prior to calling nine one one, I would definitely probably reach out to a friend. Yeah. So I guess one could like conceptualize this as like their friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like shows like this always. I'm like, is this realistic? And have you ever had? Because I remember one time I was living in a place that was kind of similar to Melrose Place in that it would have been a similar number of units and had like a courtyard area, and I didn't know any of my neighbors. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know where this, like, I don't know anybody who lives in these situations where it's just like a small, um, complex and everybody's like BFFs. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a very TV um, thing for sure. So, so that's a dynamic. And I remember kind of being like, I don't know, almost like feeling like a failure cause I've never had this experience. <laughs> um, but I think it's probably just like not really that common. Yeah. Actually. I don't think it's very common. I think. Most people do not talk to their neighbors all that much. Um, I don't think anybody could ever tell us about a situation they had that was anything like this. Um, Probably the closest that anybody would ever come to would be if they lived in a dorm. They probably know a lot of people who live by them in the dorm. But Oh, yeah, I did have this experience in the dorm, (laughs) for sure. Yes, but also that was college when I didn't have, like, you know, I had big swaths of free time yeah. <laughs> to just sit in the lobby and talk to people. So, yeah. and I guess it's funny for us now because like if this, if this were happening today, he would just text everybody and be like, anyone got eyes on Allison? <laughs> right. Yeah. People definitely would not be knocking on each other's doors yeah. um, yep. or anything like that. But it works out perfectly because, you know, um, the three of them are talking and, um, Rhonda appears and then Sandy appears. Um, and then Allison comes out of Jake's place. So everybody sees that happening. And, um, and Sandy says, knock me over with a feather. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, first and this is one of those really dumb plots. Like, I don't know why Jake would not want people to know that he's taking the GED. Like it's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, you know, it's, it's just a made up thing to worry about. 
Um, but you know, he swore Allison to secrecy. So, um, you know, she's not going to say anything. And so Billy's mind goes a million miles an hour because he feels entitled to know every last detail. And she's just not giving up anything other than the fact that she was there all night. She does say they were talking, which, you know, makes him even more crazy because he's just like, they they're falling in love. I'm super jealous, even though I'm not into her, but yeah, I mean, I can see, okay. So like I can see being concerned if your roommate didn't come home the night before and you weren't like maybe a little bit expecting that. Um, but yeah, for Billy to kind of be freaking out (laughs) this way that Allison might be hooking up with Jake. I don't know. It feels, it does. None of this feels like as usual with the show, people's emotional responses to things sometimes on like they don't seem like what would happen they seem like a forced thing to kind of try to stir up some sense of drama mm-hmm. but it feels so fake or not real like not that things need to be realistic because i think as the show goes on it's going to get better exactly because it's going to get less realistic and people are going to have things happen like i don't know they get brain transplants and stuff like that <laughs> but like um <laughs> but I mean, I, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't match. I don't know. Just like, it doesn't feel, it's just not having the impact. I think that they want it to have, you know? And also, um, this episode suffers from, um, weird character development things kind of undoing. I almost think that maybe they were originally going to air this episode before the last one, because when Teresa arrives, Rhonda, first of all, Rhonda says that she is going to audition after all. So that's good. But then um, she, um, uh, and this is at Arobicision, by the way. Um, Rhonda was there and Teresa is here to like um, help her come up with the dance routine to audition to. And they have a nice big long dance montage. Um, and then uh, Rhonda wants some pasta. <laughs> And Teresa is like, absolutely not. We are dancers. We have to stay fit, blah, blah, blah. And you'll you'll remember in the last episode, um, Rhonda became the carb Nazi and the low fat uh, freak. And she was policing everybody else's food. And now she herself says exactly what Sandy said last time, which is some girls can just eat whatever they want and nothing happens. So, you know, even the dumbest of things that these characters right. do might not be consistent from episode to episode. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I could make the argument that that's because Rhonda was trying to, I don't know, like maybe, maybe it was like her attempted at another little dig mm-hmm. at Teresa, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That's, a good point. I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> well, it's just because it annoyed me so much when she was doing that with the food in the previous episode. All right. We're back. All right. Um, <laughs> so, yes. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> so, um, we are at Shooters now, and Billy comes in because he wants to gossip with Sandy about Allison and Jake. And they start having little fantasies about how it might have gone down um, in... Sandy's fantasy um, 
Allison shows up to Jake's place with a VHS copy of nine and a half weeks and says that her VCR isn't working and can they watch it together on his, um, but then they just start making out uh, with a strawberry. Like she puts a strawberry in her mouth and then she like, he goes to eat the strawberry out of her mouth and they start making out. Oh, and she's wearing like the epitome of like nineties sexy outfit, which is like the sheer black sheer over the black bra. Yeah. Which is in your high waisted jeans. Which is what I always pictured them wearing on this show because of um, that scene from Reality Bites where they're talking about um, Melrose Place being a really good show. Like she specifically says, like um, if um, Janine Garofalo's character dies, uh, everybody can show up in halter tops, <laughs> 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 like on Melrose Place. But anyway. Um, Billy's in Billy's fantasy, um, he's called um, Allison over to help because there's a huge spider in his place, and she said, and she, and he's afraid of them, and she says, "Don't be silly. They eat mosquitoes and they're harmless." And then they just make out, like <laughs> apropos of nothing. And then Sandy's like. That like what does Sandy say? She says like he loves spiders. Uh, Jake loves spiders. Yeah. He keeps them as pets. Yeah, and I'm like Jake keeps anything as a pet. Like that sounds bananas. Yeah, that's super weird. Um, <laughs> and then the only other detail I notice is that Billy has a really nice swatch on. And mm. God, if I wasn't completely off of wearing watches now because I just don't like the way they feel on my wrist anymore, I would be wearing a swatch as well even though they were always really loud. They tick so loud. But anyway. Oh. <laughs> so um, back at Melrose Place, um, Allison and Jake are sitting on the floor studying, um, I guess because they might have needed to spread a bunch of papers out, but it made my back hurt just to see it. Um, and like, doesn't he have a coffee table or something? Um, but, you know, we start getting into... Um, the vibe here of what's going on between the two of them and why Allison starts talking about how she kind of regrets, um, being so studious back in college and she wishes she would have partied more, but she was too worried about her future. And then Jake is like, well, you know, I kind of had the opposite problem. I was never concerned about my future at all. Um, and she also says that, she doesn't even know where her life is going, which makes no sense to me at all because as far as work is concerned, like she knows exactly what she wants. She wants to work her way from being a receptionist to a creative executive. So I'm not sure why she would say something like that. Um, but- uh, <laughs> Yeah, it makes absolutely zero sense. Yeah. It, it's almost like different people write the different episodes and don't watch the other ones or something like the, the, the writer's room doesn't even have a Bible in it. The, you know what they call the, the rule book for the characters. Um, right. Uh, but anyway, Allison asks if it bothers Jake um, that people think that they're doing it. Um, and she starts to look like a little bit charged by like, she seems to really like that people are talking about them and thinking that something is up. Like, I guess it's cause, um, nothing is really going on with her love life. And so at least people thinking that something is, is kind of fun for her. Um, yeah, I mean, Jake's hot. So I mean, <laughs> it would be nice if people thought I was hooking up with Jake yeah. just for that reason alone, yeah. you know, or whatever. And I am of the opinion that since people, 
are treating them as though they are, they may as well do it. Like, agree. <laughs> like, what if, if people are going to treat you a certain way for something that's not true? You may as well make it true and take advantage. Um, <laughs> and here's the thing, like that makes me because I was thinking about if that was to happen, and then how it could help drive the drama, and it would require. Here's the th- here's the thing that's kind of weird about Jake's character in terms of like if you wanted to have dramatic storylines, he's supposed to be this, you know, slutty man who just like uses and drops women, but he's actually really nice in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And not that those two things can't live together in the same body in real life because they surely can, right? Like he could be sort of um having commitment issues with women, so to speak, because he's got insecurities or whatever and could be a perfectly nice human, but still struggle to have uh, relationships with women for a variety of reasons. But it doesn't really work well in the context of the show. Like if they were to hook up and it was going to be a juicy storyline, he would need to be kind of more of a somebody in the scenario has to be a jerk, like just like an (laughs) evil villainous jerk. Right. You know, yeah. Um, and that's just not present in this dynamic as we'll see, like as the, as the episode continues, like it's just, they're just nice people. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and that's part of why it's just not that juicy. Right. Yeah. There, there's not going to be any action unless there's like a price to pay for it. Right. So we can't just have two nice people having sex because it's fun and they can. So, it has to be drama and tension with no payoff. Um, uh, so Rhonda and um, Teresa are at a restaurant. Um, apparently there are places besides shooters to go. Um, they are there because uh, Rhonda wanted that carbonara. And this is actually where she mentions that she could eat whatever she wants. Um, and then she starts an argument about the dance audition. I can't even remember what the argument was. Um, but... Yeah, I don't even know. Oh, I will say the one note that I have from the study session with Allison and Jake or Jake says, Jake says, what does algebra have to do with anything? And all I wanted to say was same, Jake. Yeah. I totally don't understand what algebra has to do with anything. Yeah, um, they have a contra- confrontation over how, oh, yeah, uh, Teresa finally tells Rhonda that she's jealous mm. that tr- that she made it. Um, and... So, you know, the subtext becomes text now and they're officially um, at odds with each other because Rhonda's been acting out and Teresa finally calls her on it and is like, you are acting out and it's clear that you're jealous and I never would have, you know, thought that you would be jealous mm-hmm. of me or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they. this is the end of their night and so Rhonda's going to go home and you know, get all worked up for the audition. Um, and then it's the next morning. Um, Billy gets up and Allison is already making coffee, which um, I guess it was her day to make the coffee because that's how they do it in Allison's world. Um, and Billy specifically mentions like, yeah, the smell woke me up kind of thanks a lot. Um, and you can tell Billy is jealous of whatever's going on because he invites Allison to the beach. And I think that that really kind of, is not something that they would have ever done if Billy wasn't specifically trying to get her to do something with him instead of with Jake. But she's like, no, I can't. I'm spending 
the the day with Jake. Um, and then I think we saw this robe that she's wearing uh, in the episode about the ad agency stuff, but uh, it came back and I wanted to note how weird her robe is with it's like 3D moon and stars all over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very... It's extremely, I don't know, like somehow childlike and also grandma-ish. Yeah. Like it's just not, it's not for the 20-something, right. <laughs> the swinging sexy 20-something set, you know? Yeah. But I guess it's for broke people who have to take whatever they can get, right? Maybe it came from a thrift store. Maybe it was her mom's. Who knows? <laughs> right. Or like it was like the robe. Because when I was in college, we had... Uh, community bathrooms mm, right yeah. so you would have to walk down the hall to go to the shower so you would want something like that just to be nice and covered up yeah. or whatever yeah i never had that experience did i miss out <laughs> um on community showers i mean it wasn't the worst thing that ever happened to me but you know yeah. i mean it's, i don't know that you missed out on a, a, a dorm life is a, it you know awesome experience yeah. <laughs> um so we join um uh Rhonda is running cardio funk and matt is in the class today and he's having a very hard time keeping up but um and this isn't something that i noticed but apparently she's having a hard time teaching that day um, it wasn't something that I picked up on, but afterwards, uh, Matt says, Hey, what's up with you? Is this my fault for pushing you into the audition? Um, and I can't remember what she said or anything, but I made a note that it's starting to look like, uh, maybe Rhonda's worried about the audition and never broke her foot five years ago in the first place. Yeah, I had started to kind of actually wonder if the foot breaking thing was fake earlier in the episode because it just felt like Rhonda had such a block against this audition and um, in a way that didn't feel like it was just about, you know, not not wanting to do it or whatever. Um, so, yeah, um we this is when we find out more we find way more about Rhonda's backstory you know she came from her parents were put a lot of pressure on her and her siblings and she was the only one who didn't go to Ivy League college so dance was going to be like her way to be a success mm -hmm. and um she faked her foot injury because she just felt so much pressure that she couldn't like she kind of collapsed under the weight of the pressure of the audition yeah. five years ago um, so we have a quick scene, um, with, uh, Jake and Allison there at the bar seating at some restaurant. I don't think it's shooters. Um, maybe it's the same pasta place where, uh, Rhonda and Teresa were, um, they're doing the state capitals and Jake finally says that he's had enough. He can't study anymore. He's just got to go with what he's done. And then he says that he has an idea, of what they should do. Um, and then we go back to a robe decision. It's, um, it's already midnight and Matt shows up looking for her. Um, I don't know why he's not knocking on the Mancini's door like everybody else. This is when, <laughs> this is when we find out about Rhonda's parents. Yeah. Sorry. I hadn't notated that other scene, I guess, because it was not that interesting yeah. to me. So I just didn't write down that it even happened, <laughs> but apologies. I jumped the gun. Oh, no this worries. is when we find out that she avoided. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then, 
the next thing that we find out is that um, Jake decides to put um, Allison on the back of his giant vibrator, uh, AKA motorcycle and go up to his super romantic favorite viewpoint, which is one of those lovers lane types places, but there's no, uh, nobody else there. Um, so they're enjoying the view um, and they start, you know, he said, she says, nobody's ever brought me up here. And he says, well, you're going out with the wrong guys. And then, you know, they flap their lips back and forth a few more times and then they kiss. Um, and she says, you know, we never would have been friends in high school. And then to me, it's like they're living their breakfast club fantasy. Like she's Claire and he's, uh, John and, um, you know, they're the, the couple that nobody would ever believe could possibly happen, but on one strange day in detention, it does. Um, so yeah, uh, it just kind of fades out after that. And um, uh, did you have any notes about their big kiss? Um, not really. I mean, it just seemed like <laughs> as it was happening, it didn't feel again, yet again, like my per- perennial complaint with this show, which is like kind of saw it coming from a mile away. Didn't really feel that juicy when it happened. I definitely was like, uh, this is, this is, they're going to kiss. And then by like within five scenes, they're going to be not having anything happen, you know, which is exactly what is going to happen. And, um, I mean, they're sweet, they're cute, but (laughs) it's, you know, it is not that exciting. Yeah. When I messaged you a picture of my face, like, oh my God, when I watched the episode the first time. It was because I thought that they fucked after that. I thought that they went home and got in bed. It wasn't until my second viewing that I doubted that. So uh, that would have been so much better. Oh my God. Like I need someone on this show to blow things up. Yeah. Like hardcore. Yeah. If it couldn't be Matt with Teresa, it should have definitely been Jake and Allison, but yes. Um, so the next morning, um, Allison is doing her thing where she makes food for Billy because he's sad. Billy got his feelings hurt because he's jealous. Um, so, you know, she, just like before she's making him food, um, for some reason, um, she decides that it's now okay to tell Billy that they were studying for the GED. Um, I highly doubt there was a time the night before when uh, Jake said, you know, I told you before that I didn't want people to know that I was studying for the GED, but now it's okay. Go ahead and tell everyone. So <laughs> I don't know why it's okay. Yeah, it was so weird. She held on to that information for so long and then she just tells him. Yeah. Like it's so weird. Yeah. I guess she just couldn't take the pressure of this huge secret anymore. Right. But it didn't even feel like that. It just <laughs> felt like she just told him. Yeah. Like she could have done that first time. I don't know. It was so, again, totally weird. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Um, so let's see. Um, that's when Billy goes, oh, it's funny that we all thought you were hooking up because isn't that ridiculous? And that's when she says, no, I actually got to know him and I really like him. I, and then she says, end of story. So, (laughs) um, and then outside, um, let's see, C 
San- Sandy and Jake basically have the same moment yeah. together. Yeah. Where like Jake tells Sandy what's going on. And I was laughing because um, Jake, you know, is kind of explaining, I think, why he didn't want people to know or whatever. Um, and uh, he he's like listing off everything everybody else is, is doing that's cool, you know? And he says, Mike's an intern? Which made me laugh because, like, yes, technically he's a, a doctor. Well, he's a doctor doing his residency, which is like an internship for doctors. But when you said Mike's the in- Mike's an intern, it just sounds like he's making copies, you know, for the, you know, or like getting people coffee on set over at Dungeons and Dragons, like, <laughs> not being like a doctor yeah. intern, like you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. It's just so it was such a funny way to put it that it made me laugh. It is weird. Um, I did hate how Jake had to get in a dig at Sandy like he always does. Um, what he t- said was that he knew better than to hook up with Allison because he knows better than to date where he sleeps. And he's obviously saying because of how it went poorly when he was with Sandy. Right. Um, so I think that was rude and unnecessary, but those two are always like that. So, uh, But then for some reason, Sandy does seem a little jealous in the end of the scene. Um, I can't remember why I said that, but that's what I wrote down. (laughs) She, well, they have this kind of sweet moment where he's like, she's like, why didn't you ask me to study? And he says, because I would have been distracted. And she's like, well, I'm glad I distract you. And then she gives him like a kiss on the cheek. Mm. Um, I don't know. I feel like the show is definitely wants us to feel like Sandy and Jake have like residual, romantic feeling for each other but just can't be together but it i don't know it just doesn't always come across exactly that way it feels more like friends who where she but she also kind of still isn't completely over however he dicked her over in the past it's funny that you said friends because when i think of those two i always think of um phoebe and joey on friends um (laughs) because you know they kind of divided up the show friends um in the where the other four always got to to have their relationship stuff, but then Phoebe and Joey were just kind of left behind and they were kind of similar, you know, they were both goofy. Neither of them had a lot of money and it always just felt like at some point they were just going to date by default. Um, and it never happened. Um, so when I look at um, Sandy and Jake, I'm always like, yeah, they're, they both are kind of similar and they're both kind of, trying to make it um they actually did hook up but it didn't go well but i don't know they i i always draw the comparison uh, even if it's not that uh apt <laughs> that's all i'm gonna see now for the rest oh, of the time god i ruined it <laughs> <laughs> sorry um oh i should make a friends poster but out of them anyway <laughs> Oh my god that would be so good yes please do it um so next we're at the audition yep, right yeah and first of all, I wanted to say, oh my God, what is happening with Matt's hat? So I remember when we watched the, I think it was the very first episode when you commented on the fact that he was like that 90s gay guy who like every shirt he wears is political yep. and um, is from like, you know, Live Aid or whatever, you know. Um, Rock the and vote. so <laughs> this hat is like, I can't read the words on it. But it's got a circle in the middle of it that's the Rasta colors. Mm. 
And <laughs> so I'm just like, oh my God, first of all, that's so early 90s. Also, oh my God, white people. Also, oh my God, like, what is this hat that Matt is wearing? It's like, no, 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 no. Um, so that stood out to me. It was a little bit distracting at first. All I could see was that fucking hat that he had on well now um, as i always say about at least one thing i'm gonna have to go look again <laughs> um <laughs> speaking of which uh last episode the very opening scene when they were all doing a cool little dance um outside uh with the cooler having a little daytime party um right. i did go back and shazam it because i had said that they sound the band sounded like uh the black eyed peas um, that song was by the D town all stars and it was called let's get it Kraken." I have never ever heard of them or that song, but <laughs> I don't know. That band sounds familiar yeah. for some reason. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> did they wait? Were they not the ones that did come on ride that train and ride it? No, and- that's, um, uh, I know that song very well. I, the name of the band is not coming to me, but I don't think it's the D-Town All-Stars. I'm, I'm going to break my rule. I'm just going to Google it. Come on, ride that train. Um, that's the Quad City DJs. I should have known that without looking oh, it up. Okay. God. <laughs> City, town, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, simil- it's somewhat similar. D-DJ, Yeah. And the, I mean, the music is kind of similar too. Um, so yeah, Matt in the hat, <laughs> he, he says to Rhonda that he's really rooting for her, but of course he's going to miss her, uh, if she gets the job. Um, but she goes in and she does have, uh, what we are to believe is a very successful audition. I think it's super weird the way she like really looks at the, you know, the judges are auditioning, whoever the people are that she's auditioning for. She like looks at them with crazy eyes. And, um, I think that's weird. I've never seen dancers look at the audience, for example, like that. I think they always kind of play to the back of the house. Um, but, uh, they loved it. (laughs) Right. Well, and there, and I, I don't know, I can't shake the sense that Rhonda seems like a slightly awkward dancer to me. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't really see how she's like the best dancer on the planet. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> like it's a TV show. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've also talked about how cardio funk doesn't seem like that good of a class either. Like that. It's very oddly taught. Yeah. That's my thing. Is like it. I don't know. But um, yes. So. <laughs> Teresa like follows Rhonda and Matt out after Rhonda's audition and is like, Oh my God, you were so amazing. And then has this confession that she actually wanted Rhonda to audition to see her fail. Um, so that she would know. So I guess like Teresa has also been bothered all this time by thinking that maybe she only got her spot because Rhonda, um, didn't take the audition mm-hmm. and um, and so she wanted to see her fail and now she knows she's a really good dancer and yada 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 and then Rhonda basically is like well 
I don't even want the job anyway because this whole process has shown me that I really love my life here and my friends and teaching cardio funk and like things are great. And so I'm not going to take the job even if they offer it to me. I don't even need to know like what they thought of my audition because I just feel like I, you know, that thing where it's like I did the thing that scared me and that's all I needed to do. I don't actually need the validation of knowing what these people think of me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, this might make sense to me if Rhonda was maybe a part owner at Arobicision and not just one of the teachers. Like, she seems to be way too invested in her cardio funk classes um, and Melrose Place. To be honest, um, <laughs> <laughs> like I, and again, I I just think it's super weird that she doesn't have other friends. Um, but I'm glad that the friends that she does have at Melrose place are so great that she's having such a good time at these impromptu pool parties, um, you know, with the cooler. Um, but yeah, I, that's super weird. I do have a wish for this. Um, you know, you told me that you looked it up and she's only going to be on for the first season. So I really hope at the end of the first season that the way her exit is designed is that she does decide to go dance um, that would be a nice way for her to leave the show. Um, but we'll find out eventually if we make it that far. <laughs> yeah. My sense is that she doesn't leave the show in some like very particularly wonderful fashion script wise, only because it sounds like based on what I read that she like kind of just didn't get invited back to the second season. Mm. So I don't really know what that'll end up looking like, but, um, uh, you know, I will say that it's like, there is this thing where in life there's a question, right? Of like, do I have to, in order for my life to be worthwhile, do I have to be this like hyper ambitious person or can I just be okay with the things that are okay? So like this question of, you know, it would make more sense if she was an, o- an owner of a ro- robicision. I see what you mean, but it's like, I am also curious about this idea of like, and I mean, I'm probably getting way deeper than Melrose <laughs> is getting on this question, <laughs> but like, there's this perennial question, right? Of like, is it okay to just be okay with being okay, um, with having an okay job and having okay friends and, you know, spending your Saturdays at the pool doing dance routines with your friends <laughs> by the cooler? Like, is that like, obviously that's not maybe great TV, but, like, that is a question that, you know, is of the ages, sort of, I guess. One of those deeper philosophical meaning of life type questions. Yeah, I and I, um, I will admit that I am not a career-oriented person at all. Like, I have a job, and I'm good at my job, and, you know, but I certainly do not want to climb the corporate ladder, so to speak. And, um, you know, I do realize that if I were to devote a lot more time and energy, I could make way more money, but I just don't want to because I like having free time. And, you know, I definitely get um, what you're talking about things just being okay. Cause that's kind of my life philosophy. Like, you know, and I do have other interests, like, you know, I write sometimes and this and that, but I'm not much of a go-getter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of vacillate um, and, have spent portions of my life being kind of a go-getter and usually I find that it snaps back on me and I hate it. Like Mm -hmm. I, you know, um, 
there's this saying in AA, like figuring out how to be a worker among workers. Like that's kind of, I find that that often is actually like also just a more emotionally stable place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there is something cool that happens in this scene with Rhonda realizing that she doesn't have to prove anything and that she did it for herself and that she really likes her life. Cause I had actually wondered too, if she really wanted to like, cause if she got the job, she was going to have to move to San Jose. Right. Cause that sounds like it's the home base. Um, and then, which I don't know if that's like, I don't, I know I've looked at the map before. I don't think it's super far away from, um, LA, but it's not, well, it, you know, obviously it's, it's outside of San Francisco. Back. So it's, you know, the LA to San Francisco distance. It's, um, not one you want to be doing all the time by car or anything, but it's not super far either. Well, I mean, you're talking to a Texan, right. so I literally, <laughs> Austin is three hours away, and I will drive to Austin and back in one day yeah. for work, so I mean, for a Texan, I think that that drive makes sense, yeah. but probably not for other people from other places. Yeah. <laughs> well, thankfully, they all have cheap rent at Melrose Place, because um, I can't imagine Rhonda ever being able to make too much money teaching cardio funk, but... You know, she also has Sandy as a roommate, so that helps. And everybody's rent is apparently four hundred dollars. Um, <laughs> In LA, yeah. Um, so uh, Allison, we find her waiting outside wherever the GED is happening. Probably, you know, a community college or something. Um, she's waiting out there for Jake when he gets out, and. Um, I am not under the impression that if you go and take a test like that, that you know right away what your score was, um, unless maybe it's Scantron. What do you think about the realisticness of him knowing how it went? So there's a bunch of stuff here that doesn't make sense. One, I mean, I will say, I, th- I feel like he said, I think I did well. Mm-hmm. And everyone is, and you know, as we'll see in a second, everybody's celebrating him just because, I don't know. Because he showed up. They're yeah. just being goofy. <laughs> but like... The, one of the things that really stood out to me that makes no sense here is he said when he asked Allison to help him study that he was taking the test on Monday. So here's my question. Everyone got out of work All right. for Jake's GED test that happened clearly in the morning because Allison said, you left too early mm. for me to say good luck. So I came here to get you and now let's go have a beer and then everyone, as we'll see when we get to the shooters, like, you know, Rhonda's telling everybody, like, I'm so glad I didn't take this job because I would have had to give up French fries, which, amen. And then they're all in shooters in the middle of the day on a Monday. Right. Waiting for Jake to get there so that they can put on their motor- mortar boards, uh, you know, their graduation mm-hmm. caps and like sing the graduation song and celebrate him none of this makes sense <laughs> well i just googled while you were talking and apparently it takes seven hours to take the ged so <laughs> <laughs> okay so maybe it was like maybe okay i take that back then it does make sense if we consider he went in and basically spent a whole work day taking the test yeah. and then at the end of it they were all at the bar okay that makes more sense yeah but it is still weird and I saw something uh, at Shooters that I could not get over. Um, Do you remember in the episode where Jane lost her wedding ring, how you were talking about the super awkward hug that she had with Rhonda, and you were like, how did they not refilm this? My moment in this episode was uh, the opening part at Shooters. When Rhonda's talking, she looks directly into the camera. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god, I somehow totally missed that. I'm gonna have to go back and see that. It's worth it. I I got it with my phone, um, and so I'll put it in the Instagram post when we post the podcast. But yeah, that's one thing that I always catch is when people look into the camera because I. D- it's kind of like when somebody in public makes eye contact with you, like you really notice it, and so right. So I always notice, and I'm like, wow, she looked into the camera, and you know, she should have said, "Cut." I looked into the camera. Sorry roll back but nope <laughs> she she thought nobody would notice but she had no idea that 27 years later here i am watching <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah that i'm gonna definitely check that out i can't wait to see you post the still because like <laughs> i definitely when that it happens so rarely obviously because it's to be avoided yeah. but um it's it's very jarring when it happens yeah and you mentioned that they all have their little graduation hats at the bar and i just wanted to say that um i hate that because they would have all learned about that on um sunday when allison starts blabbing to everybody about the ged now that she's decided it's okay for them to know about it and so like did they all go to party city and get them how did that work where did they get those because if they were their own they would be different colors from having gone to different schools but they were all black so i have no idea (laughs) like as usual the show makes no damn sense yeah um so so the only other thing that happens there is that um allison and sandy are talking about the fact that uh that Jake, that nothing happened. She says, I know nothing. I knew nothing went on between you and Jake. And Allison says, of course not. But he is a great kisser. And that, wow. yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if there, I wish there would have been a record scratch noise there. Cause that would have been perfect. But yeah, Sandy definitely looks kind of pissed a little bit. Um, So, yeah. Oh, and, like, because we jumped, you know, I kind of jumped us into this scene, but, like, when Allison met up with Jake after his GED, she tells him, like, I think we should just be friends. Like, we got really intimate. We got to know each other really well. We should just be friends. And I feel like his demeanor was a little bit disappointed, I guess. Like, it's hard, but he doesn't seem to fight it. And I can't really tell if he thought more was going to happen or not. But... You know, as expected, this this sexual tension arc only lasted one episode, <laughs> was kind of lukewarm, and is now, like, over, yeah. basically. You kind of feel bad for Jake in this situation because um, for someone like him, um, he would never have dated somebody like Allison before. And, you know, he's getting his GED, and maybe he's starting to think about his future more, and he sees Allison maybe as somebody that he can kind of be more serious and have an adult relationship with rather than all the, you know, tragic things that have come before with, uh, Sandy and, uh, what's her face? Uh, the, the, the art girl. Uh, Oh, right. The art lady. I don't remember her name either. Um, but yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I definitely, you know, I think, I think that's a good point. Um, go ahead. Yeah. It's just, um, uh, I hadn't even thought about it until you, you mentioned that they had the little talk about how, um, you know, it got intimate, but really it just reinforces that they're probably better as just friends. Um, but yeah, it it would have probably been a little sad for him in that moment, but, um, obviously they're never going to talk about it ever again. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I definitely, st- I, I mean, I'm not saying that I want them to continue hooking up because, like, I don't know, this whole them as a couple just seems really weird. Yeah. Um, but it could have been, I don't know, some drama, right? Yeah. The, I don't know. The only couple that I would like to see here that we're among these people is like, I would like Dr. Michael Mancini to break up with Jane and he could date Allison. That would make sense to me. But um, mostly I just want Jane out of the picture. (laughs) Oh my God. Tell me about it. Good Lord. I don't even know why I invoked her name. We got such a nice break from her this episode. She was barely in it, (laughs) but I'm sure that's going to change for episode seven. I'm sure yeah. it seems to swing back and forth kind of like that. Actually, now that you mention yeah. it, it's kind of a large ensemble, so they have they can't possibly use everybody that much in every episode. But when Jane gets too much attention, we suffer. Oh my god! No kidding. Well, that's the episode. Um, another boring day in Melrose <laughs> Place. Um, um, you know, normally here we say to find us on Twitter, but. Uh, you are currently a Twitter quitter. I am a Twitter quitter. I just, uh, you know, a million different reasons, but I, um, you know, I have long, I, you know, I quit Facebook a long time ago mm-hmm. and I have long kind of felt like it's not really the best thing in the world for folks to just have like everyone's unfettered feelings and opinions thrown at them constantly. Yeah. Um, and so I just, and, but I also struggle with not looking at it, right? <laughs> like I don't necessarily always have the best like self-control around that. So I just figured what the hell I will deactivate my Twitter. Apparently it will stay, I can reactivate it anytime in the next 30 days without losing it. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but for now it just felt like the right time to deactivate and take a break yeah, um, nothing wrong with that. To, I don't know, get a get a life or something. I don't know. Yeah, Twitter can be very taxing for people, and I think it's awesome that um, you know you you saw that happening for you, and you're just like taking the break that you need. Um, I've certainly had days where I probably should, but I just um, never do. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with my having abundant free time, and so. I can kind of, (laughs) I can kind of make space for lots of social media services, even if they do annoy me. Um, But uh, if anyone wants to talk to us about this or any other episode, you can still tweet me at Christopher five, seven, five, and I'll be sure to mention what you said to Nan so we can discuss it on the show. And I'm still on Instagram. Oh, that's so, right. At Nanarchist yeah. on Instagram. And, you know, I'm not private. So yeah. Speaking of um, Instagram, I should say that on Instagram, I'm xtopher575 instead of Christopher575 because somebody has the Christopher575 account and it has zero posts and it's been sitting there for years. They probably want me to offer to pay them or something and I'm not going to do it. So I mean, what even? That is so goofy. That yeah. is so weird. So, yes. Um but yeah, uh, but yeah, y'all feel free to tell Christopher whatever, and he will let me know what you think about our show. Yeah. If you think anything about it at all. Yeah. And do look at my Instagram because I do post goofy stuff from each show <laughs> in order to promote it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Christopher makes us the best uh, graphics. <laughs> so fun times. Yeah. 
Um, cool. Well, I guess that's the end of this episode. And, um, you know, we will see y'all next week. Yeah. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.